you know, one of the things that I always say, folks, is, you know, at least, you know, 80 to 85 percent of disease starts in the mouth. And so this is a passion of mine. I've done so many shows on dentistry. But today's show is actually something we haven't really talked a lot about. And that's the dangers of crowns and something else that really probably most of you haven't heard of. And it's biomimetic dentistry. I want to give thanks to one of our sponsors, Cyto Defend. Look, at a time like this, I think that our immune system and keeping our immune system up right now is more important than ever. I can also tell you that I pay attention to the things that keep my immune system on par and healthy. So, so glad that Cyto Defend is one of our sponsors here on Cell TV. And it's a product that I use, my family uses, and hopefully you'll check it out. And by the way, you can check it out with the link right here below. If you want to try a free bottle, you can actually get a free bottle. Just pay the shipping. And I think you'll reorder after that. But check it out. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing CytoDefend product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit freeimmunity.com. Again, that's freeimmunity.com. So, Dr. Paul, thanks for joining us. Sure, my pleasure. Happy to be on the show. Yeah, so, you know, I have to start there. You know, what, what, the, what is biomimetic dentistry? And I, I sure do want to tell you, hear your story, but just give a little bit about that, and we can build on it later. Well, uh, biomimetic, it, it's a fancy name, but it, it basically is broken down into two parts. Bio means life. Mimetic means copying. So it's the scientific approach to how do we reconstruct a tooth that's been broken down rather than grind it down further and stick something over it, namely a crown. Mm -hmm. How do we rebuild the tooth and keep as much tooth structure as possible? How yeah. do we protect the precious nerve? Essentially, that's the game. Right. Yeah, that is that that is in fact the game. Well, tell your tell me your story. I mean, you're doing safe dentistry. Uh, you know, I'm sure you started like most dentists is just uh, doing regular dentistry. How did you end up here? Well, uh, uh, years ago, I've been practicing for a little over 30 years. So when I first started out, I was um, the traditional dentist doing a lot of drilling, filling and reconstructions and trying to do the best we could with the tools that we had. And around 1992, I had a patient that had a couple root canals done under a denture uh, thankfully, I don't believe I did those, I hope, but uh, he came back and he said, you know, my kidneys are bothering me. Can it be from those root canals? And I thought rather than be so um, certain of what I knew that I didn't know, I said, you know, I don't know. That was a good response. Thank you. So I said, let me research it. So in that time, uh, I reached out to Hal Huggins. And Hal Huggins was a pioneer in yeah. safe dentistry and this whole thing about root canals and crowns and amalgam mercury fillings, et cetera. And so Hal said, yes, it can contribute and it depends where it's at. And it depends if those are weak organs in the first place. So then I went back to the patient. I said, yes, it can contribute to it, but I still didn't know what to do with that. So mm -hmm. over the next uh, several years, I started studying about those things. And in 1993, I stopped in my practice. I had the biggest practice in all of West Texas and Eastern New Mexico. And I told all my associates, I said, well, we're not doing amalgam mercury fillings anymore. 
And they mm. said, well, people are going to be upset. We don't <laughs> know about this. And I said, trust me, they're ugly anyway. It'll be an easy sell. And so we did that at least. But, you know, we still weren't protecting ourselves nor the patient when we were removing them. So my journey began at that point in time. Then we fast forward to about 1997. I personally wasn't physically feeling well. I was ready to sell my practice. I just wasn't feeling good at all. No idea what went to all the different docs. Uh, could it be this? Could it be that? You know, tested for mercury, did the traditional blood test. It's okay. You know, everything got missed. And I said, all right, I got to take care of myself. So oddly enough, I'd had a root canal in my front tooth for about, oh, since I was 13 from a baseball accident. Mm. It had been reworked two times. I had severe sinus troubles that would kind of come and go. And so at that point, I'd done enough research. I told my associate at the time, I said, pull that darn thing out of there. And he said, are you sure that's your front tooth? I said, I don't care. I want it out. Yeah. Took it out. We cleaned the bone up. We put a temporary little flipper in there to replace mm -hmm. it. And within four to six months, without even knowing how to detox properly, my body started recovering and feeling better. Yeah. And I see it all the time, Doc. Yeah. I see it all the time. Story after story about someone getting root canals out, cavitations, you right. know, galvanism where they have, you know, other metals. They get it out in like their world changes you know and you're right it does take a few months you know there's a the whole microbiome starts to rechange you know starts to change and you know but some things happen immediately and other things take some time but i'll tell you you're right you you fix you fix that stuff and magic happens you know the, the, yeah, all the time i i had a 18 year old girl that came in i recall a few years ago and she had several molars that were really bad including a couple wisdom teeth and she had chronic fatigue so bad she couldn't get out of bed she made it to the appointment. I looked there and I said, you know, in those days, you know, you would say some people would still say, even though they think they, they could make them sick or they weren't sure they'd want a root canal, et cetera. I said, listen, in your case, go get those out. And I'm sending you to this person that knows how to clean the bone and clean the periodontal ligament out and get all the infection out. And she was another success story that was within three to four months. She was completely back to the normal activity of an 18 year old uh, woman. Yeah. You know, it's funny, the Cell Healing TV right before this one, if folks, if you go back to last week's show, you'll hear a testimony of a, a gentleman who uh, was mercury poisoned from the time he was, I think it started 13 when they put amalgams in and he had certain symptoms. And then here he is now and was in his 40s. And all of a sudden, neurological stuff starts happening. Strabismus, where he's seeing double and they were going to do this surgery on him, for goodness sakes. Fortunately, he was smart enough to be like, eh, I'm not doing that. And then they said, well, we could do these Coke bottle glasses, right? You know, and he says, I'm not doing that either. And he found mercury poisoning in strabismus. And then, you know, I mean, he had neurological stuff starting to happen in his uh, whole body, his whole nerve system. But sure. you watch the story, you know, removes the source, we get it out of his brain, it gets his life back. All right, so let's talk about crowns, you know, because I find the, the, a lot of problems here. You know, people have a lot of crowns. If somebody's not getting better, I oftentimes I get suspicious of these crowns because number one, there can be mercury underneath them. Number two, um, there's a lot of other problems, uh, even with galvanism with these crowns. But you talk about some other issues. 
Well, you're you're right on the money with that. I mean, when first of all, when you do a crown, you have to reduce and remove about 75 to 85 percent of the enamel. So you're basically destroying a tooth. To it's almost an oxymoron to rebuild the tooth. You have to destroy the tooth. But usually, the person's coming in. They have a lot of decay to begin with. Yeah. So. The dentist looks at it and it's what we've been taught. You know, if you go see a carpenter, he's going to fix things with a hammer. I mean, you go see the dentist, they're going to fix things with crowns because that's what we've been taught for 150 years. These things have been around. Well, and then it depends who you go see. Someone's going to be more conservative in their preparation and someone's going to be more aggressive. It depends on their philosophy and school of thought. So, my thought process is, and so also through the Academy of Biomimetic Dentistry, uh, for your uh, listeners and your audience, they can they can all tune into these different academies. That's a great one, and it gives basic information. Uh, and also a little something, I, I offer a free course for anybody that's interested. They can sign up. It's freeholisticdentalcourse.com, and maybe we can mention it later. But because I don't have all the visual aids to go over things here, on those courses, there are about 18 small courses that go over all these aspects of dentistry. But getting back to the crown issue, the first thing is it demolishes a tooth. The second thing is because it does that, it strips the coating off the top of a tooth. The, the tooth is sort of like built like our head. We have this hard outer skull to protect the soft inner pulp known as the brain and the tooth it's the pulp of the nerve right. of a hard outer shell and then inside and that's the enamel and just below that we have a softer forgiving shock absorbing type of material called dentin and that's hydrated all through little dentinal tubules and those little tubules just like if you if you have a straw filled with water you can touch one end of the straw on the other end and it communicates you know we've all played this little game as kids well, throughout that tooth from the nerve, there's fluids in there keeping it hydrated. So it adds to the flexibility of the tooth itself. Well, that gets pretty much demolished. And then one big hard block of something is stuck down over it. Now, for years, it's all we had. Yeah. Today, with biomimetic dentistry, we have all the science behind us. They're based on 15 and 20 year studies of the types of materials that flex the same as the dentin and types of materials that mimic the hardness of enamel. So envision someone comes in with decay, all we do is remove that little bit of decay. We can even leave half a millimeter of decay behind and we can seal around and build that part of the tooth up and the body will then remineralize and heal that little bit of decay. These are huge paradigm shifts. There's only about four or 500 of us trained in biomimetic dentistry. And Absolutely. It's it's sad, and we try to get the word out, but just like anything else, people are sometimes averse to change. Mm -hmm. Take a mindset and a little bit of change, but any dentist that's been through the program or courses, it, it becomes a game changer for them. They just it just enhances their life. And so just to me, just to be simple, you're saying, hey, look, all crowns are bad, <clears throat> um, just because it's smothering the tooth, if you will. It's you're right. Good, good. I, I love that uh, use of terminology, smothering the tooth, encasing the tooth, maybe embalming the tooth. I don't know. It's very is there, sad. Is there ever a time where that's all you have? Is you, you just have to do it because you're not a believer in root canal. So, to, you know, we have to do something or is there 
always a way around it. There's, there's a, there may be a rare instance where the destruction is already so bad that you're going to yeah. be covering the whole tooth and building it up. However, it's still ideal to build the tooth up on the inside with a more flexible material and put the outer part with the crown if we had to. The other time that we'll do a crown in my office, for example, is if I'm replacing old crowns. Because a lot of the old crowns have metals under them. Of course. Teeth destroyed under them. So we take the old crown off and we can rebuild that tooth and reseal it. So you're actually making like a, a double seal or a sandwich. So you seal that tooth and then the crown that you make is an all porcelain type crown. People can be tested which one they're most compatible with. But one of the most compatible ones is a material brand name called Emacs. And it's a beautiful porcelain and it can be bonded to the bond of the tooth. Literally, if that thing leaks underneath it, it can't. You still can't decay that underneath part of the tooth. It's impervious to decay. So it's a fantastic thing because the bottom line is, the minute we start getting into a root canal, we get into a severe gray area when it comes to the health of the individual. Yeah. Anybody in holistic dentistry, holistic uh, medicine that's connected with holistic dentistry knows. Okay, this is a real gray area. Will it make that person sick? Will it not make that person sick? And we want to uh, cause and do no harm. So right. the best way to do that is we test the tooth first. Does it respond normally to, to cold? If it does, I don't care how bad the decay is, we can generally restore that tooth completely, and it's going to last and be predictable for us in the practice. And we find that with all the biomimetic dentists that are practicing this. So the cold is saying, hey, there's a, some viable nerve left here. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, right. If you have nerve, you have life. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. I, you know, then um, there's the subject of um, veneers, right? You've you've placed many cosmetic veneers, which can transform people, right? I mean, it's and it's oftentimes needed. What is the difference between a crown and a veneer? Can with a veneer, then you can somehow do it safe because the whole tooth's not covered, or what's the answer to that? That's right. I mean, typically you're only laying a, something over one surface or maybe two surfaces of the tooth. So let's say when it comes to a front tooth, it's just barely laying something over the front and a little bit over the edge so that yeah. you get the proper strength. All and right. that's minimal prep. A lot of times it can be done, uh, you can do ultra thin veneers. It's harder on the lab, but it's better for the individual receiving the veneer. Uh, it's a little harder to block colors out with it if we're changing dark colors, but it can be done. And then you're not cutting through the enamel of the tooth. Mm. I think a lot of this came from, you know, in dentistry, for example, years ago, they were, uh, they've been doing hip implants for a long time. And when they first came out with the hip implants, they, would, they were doing them on 70-year-old individuals. And they would only last 10 to 12 years, and most of the people will die before it became a problem. Now people are getting them younger, earlier. You know all the reasons behind because of the diet and the, the Coca-Colas and the sodas and the, all, the, all kinds of stuff. But they had to figure out a way that it could last longer. Well, it's the same way in dentistry. The average crown is replaced on insurance every five years. The average traditional filling that is just a big glob of white stuff stuck in a tooth, they put the blue light on they all shrink based on electron microscope studies. All of those shrink unless you do them in small layers and it just takes time. And the dentists are programmed to go fast. They don't know this. If they knew that, they wouldn't do it. I mean, it's not like they're bad people out there, right? 
But the whole bottom line is like even through the uh, safe mercury removal, we want to take mercury out safely and do these things. You're left with a hole in the tooth. Right. And a lot of the safe mercury removal docs, they don't know about biomimetic dentistry. So they're doing, and they're sticking big globs down there too, or they're crowning the teeth. And now they've put that precious nerve at risk. Now, so, what about ceramic? You have ceramic inlays now that are um, an option as opposed to putting composite in. Do you, are you a fan? I'm a somewhat a fan of, fan of the inlays, but again, Everything that we want to do in biomimetic, it creates low stress on the tooth. So you can yeah. imagine in an inlay, you have all these walls that this thing fits down into. It's sort of like this precision key fit down into the tooth. Now it's got a bond to each and every wall. So the minute you put it in there with the cement that bonds, that blue light's going to pull that tooth in on itself. So the flatter the design of the final restoration is the better and it creates a, we call it a low c factor c for configuration so we try to create a configuration that's rather flat and low and is not going to try to bind the tooth in on itself and that's also the beauty with the veneers the veneer is just on one surface not all the way around so the minute we bond on there it's not going to pull against all the different bond strengths it's going to actually seal to the tooth so if the inlay then pulls in, what, what potentially can happen to the tooth? Again, you can stress the tooth. Inlays are notorious if it's just, uh, if the dentist just cuts out the part of the tooth and takes an impression and the lab makes this little piece of fits on. They're notorious for causing post-operative sensitivity because they've strained the tooth inward. As the person bites on it, it hurts. So then they go back, they have their bite adjusted. It feels a little better. About six months later, it finally begins to go away because really what's happening is it de microscopically it debonds from the tooth and now it's relaxed. But now you have a microscopic leakage going and because the dentin is not sealed underneath with layers of composite first, you have a nidus for bacteria to go in and reinfiltrate the dental tubules, infect the tooth, harm the nerve, etc. So an inlay is great if they put a base in and keep it flat. Got it. All right. That's, um, you know, that, yeah, that's the first time I've, I've heard that. So, all right. Yeah. So uh, are you a believer in metal in the mouth at all? I mean, you absolutely no metal. You know, uh, I, as much, I believe no metal is the best way to go because, you know, the minute you put dissimilar metals in, you create a electric current. Yeah, uh, there's all kinds of you have the Chinese medicine with the um, meridians. Is it interfering with that? You have all kinds of things that goes. The body is sort of an electrical unit anyway, so it can it's sort of throwing a uh, you know electrical interference in there. So less metals, the better. No metals, even way better. And now the challenge is with dental implants. And now the people are replacing their teeth, so we have. That was my next question. <laughs> oh, it was? Well, go ahead. Tell me your question. And I'll yeah, make... wait, what's your feeling on dental implants? I mean, we've least moved from titanium, which I wasn't a fan post, that is, to ceramic. Do you do implants and can they be safe? I do the implants. And on a, if you look at the Hal Huggins studies, all the implants, I mean, talk about a scary world. It's all scary out there. You know, all the implants will show they harbor some bacteria. So you go from a potential root canal that can harbor bacteria to an implant that may harbor bacteria. 
there's more studies that have to take place. Even the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, which is loaded with toxicologists, MDs, um, dentists, healthcare folks. I mean, even they have not made a blanket statement to uh, remove all root canals, always 100%. You know, they're waiting for more and more science. It's a little bit of a gray area. Yeah. Um, so, so the bottom line is when it comes to implants, the most, the most biomimetic one, let's say, the most one that, that actually you can lay in that'll flex like the jawbone is gonna be actually the titanium one because the titanium one has a little bit of flexation to it. It does. Yeah, right? And so on the ceramic ones, they're calling them ceramic ones, and a lot of your audience should know that the, they're actually zirconium implants. Right. On the chart, the periodic chart, chemistry periodic chart, it's listed under transitional metals. So it's literally still a transitional metal. What the heck that means, I haven't fully cleared up myself, but I think it's that it means it's not a ceramic, it's not a metal, but it's kind of a metal. So if it is, that means it could transmit some type of a current. And the other negative part of the zirconium is it's rock solid. There's no forgiveness. That thing is so rigid. So, you know, I'm just watching those things. So in my practice, if someone wants zirconium, no problem. We have the surgeon that can do that. Otherwise, if they're going to do a metal, they have to make sure, uh, spend the extra money, get the good implants, because there's about 200 knockoff companies out there that are mixing all these different alloys, and you're not getting a pure titanium, and you're not getting a, a really decently machined tolerance they, they start fudging on the tolerance it gets cheaper so i hope that answers your question but on occasion well, I'll, you know, this, thing, i mean there's some gray areas here we don't know right you get a bad titanium if you go with titanium it's still a metal so there's still potential negative there but the zircon it's potential negative there because it doesn't have much flex to it um you know and again i, I mean we can you know, some people say there's absolutely no current with it, et cetera. But so there's some gray areas there. You, you just yeah. have to do the best you can. I put it this way. All of these things are far better um, than the, you know, getting the root canal or, you know, having uh, obviously the, the infection. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, that's why I talk about the biomimetic with so much passion, because, uh, for example, a lady came into my office uh, last year and she had been to two other dental offices and the one said she needed nine root canals, another said she needed five. I tested all of her teeth. We fixed everything we did, basically built everything up. She's had no root canals, everything with veneers that we were able to cover without ruining her teeth or grinding down the good part of her tooth structure. So it's, it's actually a miracle. And you know, you feel good. I feel good as a dentist when I'm like, okay, I'm not opening up Pandora's box by having them have root canals because I really watch it carefully with my patients. Like, are they sickly? Are they not? Is something going on in their life? Okay, we better do a Clifford test, the blood test to see what can they tolerate materials-wise, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I had, you know, when I was getting my life back, I had a root canal, researching root canals. It's not what made me sick, but I'm like, I'm, I may not get well with it, so it's gone, took it out. I, you know, I, I just was really unsure. I, I, you know, didn't like what I was finding out with titanium. I found immunosuppressive studies, this, 
So I didn't go with a, a implant. I just went with a zircon bridge. Um, that was years ago. It's it's done you know really well. Um, I had it you know touched up. But again, that, that's these areas of like um, you know would I would I do an implant done differently today safe? I probably would. You know back then when I got this done, I, I it was impossible to get done safe. So I mean these are the things. I mean the, the mouth is a very serious thing. You know and it has to be done right. I agree. And, and, you know, something else for your audience is that a lot of times, see, dentists are more and more trained. Now everything's implant, implant, implant. So a tooth can become a little bit expendable. So they can build it up, they can put the crown on it, or they can put a big filling in it that breaks down. It ends up needing a crown five, eight years later. Then it needs a root canal. Then the thing breaks. I know there's people listening right now that this has happened to them, right? Yes. And, and then they end up and the doc says, oh, well, let's just pull it and put an implant in there. Well, wait a minute. I just spent all that time, money, misery fixing the darn thing. Well, so so they're quick to kind of do that. Now, there's another alternative to the implant. If, if you've lost a tooth between teeth, you can actually construct a bridge that's bonded between the two teeth. So you that's can, what I have. That's what you have. Perfect. And then if it's bonded, then you don't have to whittle down the tooth. Uh, the two teeth next to it because again some people have a tooth missing here and then they'll whittle down both teeth on either side and put a crown over that to hold the false tooth now they end up with a sensitive tooth that needs a root canal here oh then they go well i better get that out well let's make another bridge so it's it's a way to prevent that from going down you know spiraling down is to look at these bonded type bridges and most dentists won't do them because they're afraid they're they will break. But for any of your audience, if you decide to do them, you have to take a little bit of responsibility. You want something a little bit more holistic and natural. It won't be as solid as a traditional bridge, but you'll be protecting your teeth. Yeah. And so there's so many things to consider. I, I'm assuming you do, obviously you do safe amalgam removal. Um, you know, you could talk a little bit about that. It's not today's topic. We've done a lot of shows on this, but uh, go ahead. I mean, you, you're doing some good stuff here, so I'm sure that's. Well, I mean, uh, thank you. I mean, the safe mercury removal has been a blast for me to do. And uh, the minute I started following the protocol from the IOMT uh, organization, which is probably one of the more renowned organizations uh, in this era, arena. Yeah. I started following them around 2003 and around. Previously, that I worked with someone that had been through all that. So since about 2001 forward, I've been removing mercury safely for myself, my staff, the environment, and for my patients. And so many success stories, so many wonderful things. People having buzzing in their head, their ear, electrical weird interferences, and it goes away. Um, and by the way, just as a little caveat, it doesn't happen all the time but sometimes it does and we're all happy when it does. I had, uh, I was talking on another show. I had another patient when I was in Northern California. He had burning sensation, fibromyalgia from his neck down. And I asked him, I said, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the worst, how bad was it? He said, it's an 11. I sleep about 10 minutes at a time at night. And I said, wow, he's been all over the world. He's a wealthy man, so he could go all over the world uh, German guy, he went to Germany, went to the Mayo Clinic, did all kinds of stuff, nothing. But he had a mouthful of mercury fillings. So through a healthcare practitioner, sent him in, was already detoxing him. I took out one side 
got it all out safely. I saw him a few weeks later to put the little onlays in that are uh, um, uh, little flatter inlays, let's say, mm -hmm. and bonded all those in. And he reported, he said, you know, Doc, the burning now, I only have it from the waist down. Mm -hmm. I said, wow, that's great, you know? He said, do you think it could be from the mercury fillings? I said, could be. Well, maybe we should continue. I said, yeah, let's let's go for it. So then we got the other side all out. And then when he came back, the last report that I got from him, he only had burning in his uh, the tips of his toes. So, I mean, those are amazing, amazing stories. Yeah, no, I, I have many of them as well. And I, I want to caution people, you know, it's you get this stuff out and you have to do it right. So that that's step one, right? Yeah. And I, I put people on a prep phase even before the procedure just to open up their detox pathways, improve their cellular function and detox there as well. But and I then... That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, then we give them some things right before the procedure and right after, because even the, the best, uh, safest protocol, you're still getting some, you know, things that get by the barriers, that's for sure. And then Absolutely. the other key is, is then once that this is done, then we get to start getting that inorganic mercury out of the brain, because this vapor turns to inorganic mercury and there it's stuck, you know, and only to get a diagnosis. Many people's symptoms, this gets better, that gets better. Then they get another diagnosis 10, 20 years down the road because the mercury is still trapped there. So you got to get it out, man. That's where I'm trying to educate. I just spoke at the IAOMT. Oh, you yeah. did? Great. Yeah. So it was part of my message is, okay, we're doing this better. You guys, you know, you're doing a great no. job here. I mean, we, you're leaving a, it here. I, so much. It's a, it's, a, it's a teamwork thing because, yeah. well, I, I, I can handle the major source. But it's so much up to the healthcare practitioners. Then, you know, continue this care because um, if they don't do that, they're going to get well slowly over time. But they may not fully recover for sure. You know, dentists don't have time to research real detox, right? It's because you guys look at all this information. I don't have time to research what you just taught me, right? So, you know, but you know, it's critical because most of them are doing the typicals: the cilantro, the corella, the the weak binders. You know, and of course they get sucked into all the, the scam uh, type detox products. You have to do it right. You have to use chelators and you know binders in their half-life correctly. You have to use real ones and you have to you know pulse them correctly. You have to support it around them correctly. <laughs> so much to it. Wow. So you know that's that's my goal is to get more of you all doing the detox right, or at least recommending the detox right. I mean I have doctors trained in this uh in these protocols around the country you know so that's why we got to team up you know we got we need safe dentists and we need doctors doing detox right 100 percent, and i love that and you know some of the things that i do is not only do i have the oxygen on my patients they're covered from head to toe people can go on my website just drpaulomalley.com and even yeah. on some instagrams i show them covered and and then not only that, the rubber dam goes on, but there's what's called liquid rubber dam. So I can place it around areas that I feel like could have some small seepage. So we do all that. But, you know, Dr. Pampa, I, I, I agree with you so much. If we're working with a healthcare expert in this area, it's so much better because even the stress of the procedure can make them sick because they're so loaded with this mercury that it's like the garbage can is just spilling over. There's no room for anything. So. I, I love that there's, uh, again, though, it'd be, it'd be great. Lo I, actually, I'd love to have you come out here. I could put a few of the folks together. Well, Maybe. You know, tell the people where you are, and you gave your website, but give it again. Oh, yeah, I'm in Encino, California, 
And my website is doctor, just drpaulomalley.com. And the um, uh, free course, I welcome them all to, it touches on all these things, is freeholisticdentalcourse.com. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. So, yeah, no doubt. I want to see what you're doing. It's uh, This is uh, exciting work. It's sad that there's only, it's like what I do. Uh, you know, there's just a few hundred of us around the country, you know, doing yeah. cellular detox the way we do it. And I, unfortunately, it's the right way. If we just need more people doing it, and like you, you know, yeah. there's not, not that many people doing this work. You know, I mean, I, I think one of the cool things is, you know, you're treating a tooth like it is. You're treating it like a living organism and, and you know, not this little, you know, this mechanistic, uh, you know, head of a, um, a dial, you know, a wooden dial, you know, it's, right. there's, a nerve, there's a life, there's, you know, from the nerve are these microtubules that feed. And uh, obviously, if you interfere with that, you're going to have a, have a problem that probably won't occur for 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Is that what you see? Yes, 100%. Well, like when you grind a tooth down and put a crown on it, there's some studies that'll show there's a 33% chance it will need a root canal within 10 years. So you may not see it now. You know, it's one right. of those. So each year, it's like 3.3% chance, and it keeps uh, expanding, whether it's from its leaking underneath, the exposure. But, you know, the only the only hard part about the tooth is the enamel. That's the part that's essentially not alive, let's say it's inorganic. The rest is, it's like, it's a really cool mechanism, the way our teeth are. And that'll be the cool thing with implants in the future. If we can regrow our own teeth, which they're working on, but right now they're regrowing them in a Petri dish, they can make them, and then they'd have to implant them into a socket area. But first they have to do a root canal to do it. Yeah. So they're, they're not quite there yet, you know, so. Well, it's interesting, you know, I, the future of medicine is stem cells and it's, you know, it, it already, I, I, in my show that I did uh, with Dr. Jerry, we talked about cavitation and how they're, we're putting, well, PRF, which is essentially activate stem cell production um, in there so we don't reform cavitation because for years I watched people get cavitations done and that, that was a great thing, or I should say, you know, decavitated. They went in and did the procedure. A few years later, they have another infection, you know, because it just kept, you know, they, their immune system's low, they're sick people, and it heals over and they end up with another infection. But with the PRF, the stem cell technology is, uh, it's a, it's a definitely a big breakthrough in dentistry. Oh, that's great. I mean, I, I have a, one of the surgeons I use, he uses a PRF all the time, and they're now able to lift, if a gum is receding, they can lift the gum up and place some PRF. It, it looks like a little gummy bear. They can kind of yeah. wiggle yeah. it there and bulk the tissue out and it'll turn into that healthy tissue again. Yeah. So nice and they don't have to graft it from the palate and it, it's so much more comfortable yeah. for the patients. You know, I so. think there's two, two big breakthroughs in dentistry recently and um, that and then the laser, which you're uh, an expert in too. Tell, tell us about how you use laser in dentistry. And I, I think laser in dentistry is a big deal because let me tell you something, it made a big deal for me. I mean, I got laser procedures done. You yeah. know, it's, it's no pain. I mean, as far as like later, I had no inflammation. So there's a lot of benefits to this. Absolutely. I mean, the, the main one that I'm using in the practice is a diode laser and it's sort of a, a heat uh, type laser. It's for 
reshaping tissue and sterilizing teeth if we need it. And before I got heavily into biomimetic dentistry, I used to use it all the time to sterilize. Uh, when you'd remove decay, I would sterilize with the laser because it'll penetrate a good millimeter or so into the tooth. Um, but now with the biomimetic dentistry, that's all, uh, we don't have to do those things. It's really nice. We don't even have to blast with ozone or anything like that. So the, the, the laser in my hands is basically to help clean up yeah. uh, infected tissue yeah. without them going through a huge surgery. My gosh, you know, nobody yeah. wants that. Yeah, it made a big difference. I mean, the old days we would have to, you're right. I mean, a lot of ozone, you know, because it was tough, right? But the laser, uh, it really, it really simplifies the procedure. And, I, and I'll tell you, like I said, the, the post-op, if you will, uh, is a big deal too. Because I've had it done with and without, and it is a big deal. Yeah, I mean uh, the laser itself. I mean it's beautiful because it has a it has a healing uh, wavelength. I think it's somewhere in the four hundred nm's or something. Anyway, and it it, it penetrates. So you, you can take someone that has a sensitive tooth and just put the healing wavelength on it for about thirty to forty seconds, and then the sensitivity goes mm -hmm. away. And we found that to be a short term handling, and then a longer, and that's a good short term handling until you can get maybe some. Uh, right. to seal that area right yeah well i mean uh you know it, dentistry i mean we we're just we're talking about this topic today then there's the pitfalls of fluoride then there's the pitfalls of bonding i i'm sure you're against both bonding um well not to bonding i'm sorry of uh, sealing sealants that they're doing on children sealants I, um i was hoping you weren't going to say bonding because yeah, I, I, I meant sealants uh they you know they're sealing kids teeth um to prevent cavities um, I can see obviously the problem with that, um, but you can talk more about it. And then fluoride, that's a whole nother subject. Yeah. I mean, you know, fluoride, wow. That's like, we can almost go into a whole show here. I can call friend Dr. Kennedy on that show. And, uh, he's one of the, probably the foremost experts. And I've done a show. I've interviewed Dr. Kennedy on fluoride. So folks, if you're more interested in the whole story of fluoride, Google, yeah. uh, not Google, but in the, the cellular healing TV and the topic, search topic, put fluoride, you'll find Dr. Kennedy's show. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing. In 2004, the American Dental Association came out and said there is no systemic benefit to florida, uh, fluoridation in the water. Now, in 2009, I think in the city of Los Angeles, all the waters of the municipalities approved putting quote unquote fluoride, although it's uh, hydrosilica, uh, hydrofluorosilica that they put in the water, which is a byproduct of the aluminum and the fertilizer companies. Yeah. When you look at brilliance of things, it's kind of brilliant. These companies had this waste product that would cost them millions and millions to get rid of it safely. They said, hey, let's put it in the water supply right. and paid for it instead, you know. But the, the big thing is the ADA, American Dental Association, even came out and said, no known benefit from it systemically. Okay, there's reasons why and how the studies were flawed. You know, we go over that at another time. I'll bet Dr. Kennedy goes over that. But the other aspect is it's a poison. So, yeah. you know, people watching this, if you have fluoridated toothpaste, it's uh, 300 times more potent than drinking water. So if your small child gets a teaspoon full of it and they eat it, you got to take them to the emergency room because they can technically die. They have to get their stomach pumped or unless they've changed that now. But, you know, so why are we doing that? Well, 
essentially the reason that it can help prevent cavities, and it does, there's studies that show it, that it does, it's a pesticide. It kills bugs. So, and it can linger, it can stick around the teeth and hang there. So it is a long-term effect. The only problem is we're ingesting the stuff, you know? So mercury fillings, fluoride, they're all funny, uh, sadly funny things. But could you imagine, Dr. Pump, if I had you come in my practice and said, you know, we're gonna put a tooth colored filling in and, um, oh, by the way, it has a little bit of arsenic in it, but, and it comes out a little bit, but don't you worry, it's, you know, it won't make you sick. We have some studies that show you'll be okay. You, you would probably easily say, no, thank you, right? Absolutely. And when you look at the toxicology of arsenic, fluoride is way worse. And then you look at mercury, it's up in the ionosphere and yeah. toxicity. You go, wow, that's a, a sad thing that happened in our profession, unfortunately. Yeah. But I will say this, the dentists out there, they believe that it, they're doing safe things with their whole oh. heart because the, our teachers and their teachers' teachers told them this was safe and we honored these people. So yeah. it's a tough one to bring about, but when I first came here in 2000 and, oh, like 2001 or so, 2002, there was only a handful of us doing holistic and mercury safe um, metals removal, et cetera. Now there's several hundred in the area, so it is starting to grow. Yes. And now it's up to your audience. If you decide who you select and who you're gonna choose, do your own research. Make sure they're not just someone that did a little course, they put it up on a website, make sure uh, that's really their philosophy. Now, believe me, I, I, I warn people, I'll say go to the IAOMT.org and you can find a safe biological desk. I caution. <laughs> they, a lot of them join that organization just because they get patients, right? It's like, and they're not. So I say, ask these questions, right? It's like, and, you know, many times it takes, you know, a few of those, uh, you know, dentists to find the right one. So, you know, good. It's so true. I just had a lady in the other day and she went to uh, a year or so ago, went to a biological, biologic dentist and uh, IAOMT, I think dentist and she went in and she had her mercury removed, no rubber dam. He did bring the suction up underneath the big um, outside suction and he had the high speed suction. No rubber dam, no oxygen, no isolation. And you just go, okay, uh, I guess he's just a member. Yeah, you know? yeah, doing the things that were pretty easy to add on, right? I mean, but, you know, some of the, the big things, you know, forget it. You know, I mean, I, I think, you know, dentistry, you know, obviously, I, it kind of brings it full circle. Love-hate relationship here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I I love dentistry done right and dentists who do it right. But I'll tell you, you know, I hate dentistry done wrong. Why? Because I see all these sick people. You know, I, I, I have story after story. I'm looking down at these files of just one story after another of just people who lost their life to this. I was one of them, right? It's like, yeah. so, you know, I, it, it's so upsetting i mean believe it or not and you're right what you're saying though i i, I shouldn't say I, I hate the dentist itself i hate dentistry for deceiving the dentist because they believe that amalgam fillings are safe they believe you know, that these root canals are okay i mean and they believe what they're doing so you know it's not it's not the person man it, it's it is dentistry and what they're teaching and, I, and it's in every profession i mean honestly well it is it, i think it gets um it gets ingrained and it's so big, it's like, you know, how fast can you turn a speedboat 
yeah. right around. You know, this is like a barge and it's almost packed side to side, turning them around to a different philosophy. It's just taking some time. And, you know, with people like yourself and others that are out there on the airwaves, the TV waves, etc., it helps the, raise the awareness. Because when the public goes out and they demand for this, the dentists have to go and get trained. Yeah. You know what? You, I, yeah. You all need to share this show is with as many people as you can. Rate us on Google, et cetera. That helps, too, when you rate the show. Because, you know, people need to hear this, man. It's like, you're right. The ship is turning so slowly. You know, but it's like, you know, people watch the show, it's, but if you don't turn your other, you know, people onto it, the message doesn't get out. And we, got, we have to get the message out. Hey, can I, can I uh, add one thing to the show? Uh, what I wanted to say is that to bring a little hope to your audience, those people listening, if you've had crowns, you've had root canals, now you're aware, and those crowns, if they start giving you troubles, they can be safely removed. The teeth can be built up and sealed properly underneath. Hmm. You have to find a biomimetic dentist that really does that and believes in it. And they're out there. You, you know, I have people travel and things like that. Yeah. The other thing is on a prevention side, there's really good news. If a person gets decay and the decay is removed ultra conservatively, and then the tooth, the bonding that's laid in is laid in with precision layers. It takes some time for the dentist. That's a biomimetic restoration, layer by layer. That thing will not leak under it, will not break down. It's one and done. I'd like to say it'll last 100 years, but we don't have 100 years of studies out there. But we know it's going to last. I have eight in my own mouth from the year 2000, and they still look brand new. I had the mercury removed, and they were safely built up in layers. No sensitivity, no issue, and they were deep. So yeah. I experience it myself. I see it with my patients. I see it with the profession. So that's a bit of good news for people. If you have your children, your family out there, they can watch this show. The main thing is there are three things besides an accident and only three things that cause people to lose their teeth. My goal is to help people save their healthy teeth for a lifetime of great health. How do we do that? We have to analyze those three things. One is cavities, one is gum disease. Those are both caused from a uh, out of balance that happens with the bacteria in the mouth, nutrition, right. all these things that you're well aware of. But the third one that is a harder one to control and you just have to have a good dentist look at it is a bad bite. That's clenching, rubbing, grinding of the teeth, etc. That can destroy the teeth as well it can cause gum recession it can cause the teeth to break along the gum line and then you have no enamel there so there's a lot of people listening right now you can put your fingernail in these little grooves along your gum line and go oh i feel these grooves that's generally from clenching so three things gum disease cavities and a bad bite if you have those three things looked at and you get them all under control you can save your teeth for life and again, you can visit my website and go on freeholisticdentalcourse.com for information. And Dr. Pompa, lastly, I've never discussed this with you before, but I also have several patents on products to help rebalance the bacteria in the mouth. One is a patented, my patented formula, all natural. It's uh, 
oral, an advanced oral probiotic for the mouth. It's real simple. You chew two at night when you go to bed. It doesn't replace good cleaning and brushing and flossing, and but it can put uh, the healthy bacteria back because we were able to find out 2% of the population never gets uh, decay and they don't get gum disease. Well, we were able to isolate what kind of bacteria they have. They have a predominantly high um, number of a certain type of bacteria that's in my formulation. So by seeding that back in, it gives them a chance to bring about a balance because trying to kill everything doesn't work. Well, the bad stuff's involved in, um, uh, it, it actually helps detox the heavy metals. It, it gets rid of the junk in there. So the harmful bacteria play a role, but when they get out of balance, they cause damage and destruction. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question because the bite being the third thing and, and so important. Yeah. Uh, what, number one, what are symptoms of the, your bite being off? And number two, um, do you do something special to make sure the bite is right? Well, there's a couple of things. One is one of the symptoms to know if your bite is off is you could have been to a dentist and you're getting recession with your teeth and the dentist says you're brushing too hard. That's typically not true unless you are brushing with a hard toothbrush. You always want to use a soft toothbrush. You're saying, you're saying gum recession. Gum recession. Now, a little bit of that can be genetic, but if, if it's there, you want to make sure that there's not a, a clenching problem or a rubbing problem at nighttime. And it's easy for a dentist that has some understanding of the, the whole joint um, anatomy and things like that, they'll check. And you can go and say, I want you to check my bite, I think I'm grinding. And if that's the case, they'll make you what's called a night guard, yeah. something that you can wear at nighttime. You can grind and just see if, make sure they can make you one made out of nylon because most people uh, don't react to that and then they're not chewing on plastic. And they can make them out of nylon now, so that's good news. And and then they, and then they can chew all they want on that thing, and you're not going to hurt your teeth. It acts as a shock absorber. And um, uh, oh, by the way, some people have asked me, well, why don't I just buy that online or something like that? It has to be really precision fit because yeah. the dentist should adjust your bite to make sure it's guiding in a happy way, so that it's not causing further joint uh, trauma. Is that one of the signs too? Is people can get uh, clicking, you know, head. I mean, pain and here's obviously that's all these. So they call it TMJ uh, pain. So T stands for the temporal around the temporal, and the and you have the M is the mandible, and then you have the joint. So you have TMJ, and um, I know you know this. This is just for the audience up there. Of course, yeah. And this is one of those things that. If there's clicking, popping, pain, uh, ear pain, uh, sometimes ringing in the ear can be a contributing factor. All those things are signs and symptoms. Neck pain, uh, going to the chiropractor, you get adjustment after adjustment, it won't hold. A lot of times the bite is off. So these are some of the things to look at. The visible things are a person can look, and honestly, we want to catch it well before that, but they can start seeing their chipping the edges of their teeth or they can see a little wear on their front teeth and that one you want to handle right away because you might be chewing all the way through that protective enamel and once that happens it goes the wear continues fast right man we hit a lot of topics here uh,
Paul, man, your wealth of knowledge. I, I appreciate it. You know, my my viewers and listeners, um, this is a big deal. This is a big topic. And, uh, you know, when I heard and saw, you know, what you were doing, I said, this, we got to have this guy on the show. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for the wealth of information. I hope people visit your site. I know they will. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. So thanks, man. All right, we're going to cut, and then I'm just going to do a uh, – you can hop off, uh, Paul, and I'm going to do a prelude here to the show. Great. And, Dr. Pampa, can I ask you a question? You might yeah, be interested. Um, I'm trying to – I have a really big passion prevention-wise to help prevent cavities and gum disease around the world. So I have a company. It's called Great Oral Health, and I have all-natural products and things like that. If you'd be interested, I could send you some samples so you can Please. see. So. And I'm just trying to get the word out there. You know, we're a small organization. We're slowly growing. We've had these products out for five years. Everything I do, I thoroughly test them, and everything is GMP-rated uh, companies out here in the U.S. and things like that. So it's the whole goal is to make it a global company because I want to handle this amount of decay that's on the planet. And the only invalidating point I came up with was, well, yeah, but Paul, you're just one guy. There's seven and a half billion people. And I said, well, I'm going to try. So that was why I started this. That's awesome. Well, listen, I'm, you know, this is a big deal for me, as you know. So send me uh, some products. Um, you know, uh, my, my email is drpompa at drpompa.com. Okay. And uh, I'll send you my address and let's go from there. That's great. And then I'll come on visit you. What, what are you near? What's where in California? I'm in Encino, California. So if you came out to uh, LAX or Burbank, I'm not too far from uh, 30, 20 minutes from Beverly Hills. I'm near right. Woodland yeah. Hills. I, 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 I can make it out there. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm, you know I, I, got, I had an inlay myself. I mean, you, I'll tell you my story. You know, just I have such a dental story, you know, and it's a good one now. But yeah. um, he did put an inlay in, and I did get sensitive, man, it, it, you know, around the tooth. You know, and um, uh, I just—I guess now that I have to watch it, right? Because if it pulls, yeah, it's probably. I mean, I'd have to see if he first put a lining of uh, what we call flowable composite, then you're fine. If it leaks, nothing will happen. But it sounds like it was probably competing with the walls, and it just debonded one area. So yeah, I mean, honestly, I it, it was it. it was barely sensitive, honestly, and then. I bit down on, I was chewing some meat probably too aggressively. And then after that, it, it, it was killing me. And um, I, I think I traumatized the ligament. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, not only that, if it was, I mean, that's negative. The bond strength can be so strong. It pulls the tooth on, on itself. And then you're chewing down, everything's sore. And yeah. then, boom, it finally sprang back because the bond broke. It doesn't mean everybody's going to get decay. All I could say is that we know every single globbed in uh filling restoration etc they leak yeah unless they're laid in there with layers unfortunately I, I wish i had a better story but so what if it leaks are you at risk maybe not because you probably have like tremendous hygiene so yeah exactly and if it does you know I'll get it done a different way next time you know i learn everything and i do things better so it is, it is as long as the ligament calms down i mean it was just it was you know it's only been three weeks maybe not even but. oh you, you've only had it three weeks yeah a month i, I mean I, i'm just trying to think now time flies oh, uh, uh, go, in, go in and do like a quick little bite adjustment with the thing 
because it may not be hitting this way straight up and down. It can be a little bit lateral. Yeah, not straight up and down, but when I move it, it's sort of like if I grind, it's done. Yeah, that's, that's really easy. And the dentist loves you to go back because then we can go zip, zip, and we're like a miracle worker and say, ah, oh, that feels so much better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it probably is that actually. I, I actually took a little file and went on a little part that I could see was hitting, and no, I did it. Fifty percent of the pain went away. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to mess with it beyond that. But that I think that is the problem. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I I had a patient that came in. This guy was 90 years old. He came in. He had a denture on top, and he had a denture on the bottom with a hole in it. And he had this one long tooth. His eye tooth stuck out and it was real pointy. And he said, Doc, can you smooth that down? And I said, well, I'll try. He goes, I've been smoothing it for years. And he pulled out a metal file and started showing me how he was doing it on that one tooth. So good stories. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, I have a reason to come out uh, come out and see you. So I'll look forward to send me that stuff. My, you have my email. It's my email. It's my website twice, drpapa at drpapa.com. Okay, good. I'll send that. And if you come out this way, uh, if you're ever interested, I don't know. Do you do lectures anymore or seminars other than uh, I, I do. I do big seminars. I do two big ones a year. My next one's in Vegas. I'll have probably about 400 doctors there. So I do East Coast, West Coast. And then I speak everywhere. I spoke at Bulletproof. Um, Dave Asprey's seminar uh, was the last California seminar I, I spoke at. But I speak everywhere. Oh, wow. That's great. All right. Well, good. I, hopefully I'm, I get on your uh, newsletter because I got a few of the young uh, physicians and stuff out here. And they're trying to learn. And some are just jumping into the IV clinics, which, you know, whatever. But they're trying. So yeah. um, you should, uh, you know, come to my seminar in November, second uh, through the fourth. I think it'd be great. Hey, something I'll throw your way. There is a all natural uh, product. It's called um, um, Potaba. P-O-T-A-B-A. It's important enough if you have a pen to write it down. It'll cure Hashimoto's. P-O-T-A. P-O-T-A-B-A. That's easy. Okay. The Paba uh, concoction, but it's gotten through a prescription kind of a thing. And the Pataba for sure worked. The Paba through this one guy's hands, he said it was not working with the same efficacy. But he's been doing it. This is a 70-year-old guy. He's been doing a all-natural kind of clinic for a long, long time. They'll take uh, people that have this Hashimoto's and bring it down, bring their numbers back down to almost zero within 90 days, sometimes 120. So, all right, well, I'll check it out. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk, Paul. Nice, uh, nice to meet you, and we'll talk again for sure. Let me. I'm, I'm keeping Matt here. He wants to go home, so let me uh, record this uh, little preview here. <laughs> All right, Paul. Bye bye. All right, Matt. Okay. Yeah, he's off. So go ahead. All right. So let me get a thing here. All right. All right. So it's said that 80 to 85 percent of the. Oh, let me start again. So it's said that 80 to 85 percent of disease starts in the mouth, and you've heard me say that. In many past shows on dentistry, I get this question all the time. What about crowns? Well, you're going to get that answered. And you're also going to hear about a word that I never heard of, biomimetic dentistry. So listen, this could be a game changer for you. You're going to get a lot of teeth questions answered because we've been having so many 
because of the show that I did with Dr. Jerry. Well, this is a show that you're going to want to share. And please rate us on uh, Google, rate us on that because that helps and obviously share it. When you look at this show and the last one I did, these shows should really be put together because this is how people are getting their lives back. So check it out. Okay. All right. All right, man. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cytodetox. Look, podcasts cost money. There's a lot of production uh, going around this, but uh, we are grateful to have Cytodetox as one of the sponsors. It's so easy for me to talk about the product because myself and my family use it constantly as we practice what I preach for over 15 years. I've talked about and taught doctors and the public about cellular detox. And I'll tell you, Cyto was a breakthrough. Cyto was a breakthrough for us. Um, and it's changed so many lives. So we're grateful that they sponsor Cellular Healing TV. It makes sense, doesn't it? They should. If you're listening to this podcast and want to access the amazing Cyto Detox product Dr. Pompa just mentioned, please visit detoxoffer.com. Again, that's detoxoffer.com.